They be like, slow up, homie. You're talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Hey. Splash, I'm your host, Bradley Bax, my man, Chris Bucky, watch I'm here and ready, thanks for having me. You know how we do, you know how we do, we six pop culture news stories of the week. This is episode number 161, I still wrote 162, it's throwing me off, I don't know why we can't, I can't get this down, I even told you this beforehand, anyway, uh, today we are talking a little Anthony Mackie, the guy's been busy lately. Been in a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, this is basically Anthony Mackie's birthday. Yeah, we are talking Synchronic. It's probably a movie you have no idea about because it came out last year, I believe. And yeah, it came out last year. Yep. In the end of the year, and yeah, slid under the radar. Also, we're talking Outside the Wire, which is a new joint that popped up on January 15th on Netflix. So we'll talk that a little bit, but before we get into it, we have been talking WandaVision over on the next episode, which is a sideshow, where we follow the latest and greatest Disney Plus IP show. show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And man, there's lots of stuff. I believe Chris and I have cracked the case, if you didn't know, that will follow... We blow this thing wide open. Wide open. Kaboom! Uh, We definitely... Blew it open. Uh, check it out. It is immediately following this episode. And then coming up, uh, since it is hump day, we're getting you closer to that week for Friday, end of the week Friday, and we will be watching again episode number four, which could really flip things all over and we could get a whole new twist. So we'll be doing that episode. So be uh, on point and know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a lot, lot, a lot of stuff coming your way. A lot of stuff. You know, you know, I've been watching, and for some reason, I don't know how I got. It. I think I just ran out of stuff to watch. But Snowpiercer, which is a TNT oh, yeah, show. You've been enjoying that. Um, it's on HBO Max now, or they like the first season, but then the new season uh, just launched, I believe, a couple days ago. But it's interesting. A, yeah, it looks like it's real, real cool. I mean, what a great movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely different than the movie too. So. It's got a, a different, I mean, obviously a different cast, but like the characters are different. But it's, I think the, the guy who wrote it, I believe he is involved in the show as well. So it's interesting. Makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. Makes sense. Uh, good old Cap, Cap America was in the movie. Now we get all David Diggs, who I like. But it's, ah, well, this, it's got a good cast. Jennifer Connelly's in there. Yeah. You know, it's fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's Michael Malley from Guts. <laughs> So it's got a little bit of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lots to talk about today. We got some news for you, so let's just fucking get into the news. I'll start it off this round. Chris, this bud is for you, my friend. This bud is for you. Uh, first right. time, Super Bowl's coming up, for those who don't know. But this is the first time the hosting team 
will be playing in the Super Bowl. Never before in 55 Super Bowls has the team that's in the city that the Super Bowl is played in ever been the team to play in it. It's usually been quite the opposite. There was a curse for a long time. Did you know that? I did know that, yes. Where if uh, the Super Bowl was going to be in your city, your team was going to lose. Like, he was going to have a losing record. But now, Tom Brady has done it. He is the he has led the drive to Tampa Bay. Unbelievable. It's kind of it's kind of funny to even say if you're like, yeah, Tom Brady took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all the way to Tampa Bay. Who would have thought? But that's not what I'm talking about, Chris. I'm talking about Budweiser. Um, and for some reason, no one's really talking about that other thing. But anyway, uh, according to a report from the Sports Business Journal, Anheuser Busch taking the money that it would normally spend on ads and instead donating it to coronavirus vaccination awareness efforts. It's unclear at this time what it will look like, though it's likely we could see a commercial about the importance of a vaccination during the game rather than a memorable beer ad, which I feel like that's the same thing, though, if they do that, right? Yes, exactly. It's like, yes. I mean, it's saying, here's our brand, here's what we're about, uh, but also, don't, don't worry about the, you know what the product is, so we're going to do something that's going to make you say, well, good for them, and you'll remember. But that's the, that's the same as their all their commercials on the Super Bowl. They always, like, make, like, feel good, some, like, man, we put it so, I don't know. They, they change them every year, but more recently, it's been very, like, heartfelt. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, this seems like, I mean, if, if there's a, in, like an infomercial or whatever you want to call it and like promoting this, the vaccination, but with Budweiser attached to it, that's still technically right. an ad, right? Yeah. It's still, it's still an ad. Nothing's changed. Yeah. I mean, is are they going to give like the, the Clydesdales, the, uh, vaccination? Yeah. They, yeah. They're like, we're supporting it. Our Clydesdales are bringing in vaccines or something. Yeah. Garbage. Right. Right. Now, my other question, though, too, is is it just Budweiser? So does that mean we're going to get, like, a lot of Bud Light commercials? No, yeah, that's another one, too. I think they're saying their whole brand, the way that um, Anheuser-Busch you know, Pepsi said and Coke said they're not going to they're gonna follow suit on this same thing. Oh, really? They said that, too, huh? So what, yeah, what it's we all just... coming out. Like, we're going to be more about support. So it's just going to be, like, a lot of more, like, not local commercials, but just, like, smaller brands are getting in on everything. Interesting. Interesting. Sounds major, Chris. This is a big game, after all. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a a, a big thing, and it's monstrous. a big game, a big ma- a big matchup. I'd say it's monstrous. <laughs> In fact, Brad, when we're talking about monstrous mashups, matchups, sorry, let's talk about uh, Godzilla vs Kong. Let's that talk about dropped. It. Uh, movie fans around the world have revealed re- reveled. It's supposed to be reveled. Yeah, for some reveled way. in the trailer which runs for almost two and a half minutes and features just about everything you might want to see from a face-off between the Leviathan Lizard and the super-sized gorilla. Amazing trailer. Very excited for this one. It's going to be a bingo, bango, bongo. You know what I mean? It looks it looks crazy. It does look crazy. Uh, I mean, just... It's it's almost like the, two, the characters, obviously, Godzilla and Kong, when they're fighting each other, they're the regular size with this, like background of just like normal life <laughs> you know they're in the exactly, water like yep but there's obviously like a little girl involved with kong which yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see how they create like a relationship there between them you know yeah um 
but yeah, this looks dope to me. I, I'm excited to see this, even with all the controversy of whether or not it's going to be on HBO Max, right, or whatever. But um, is this is this the last one in this franchise for now, or do you think we're going to get? Are we going to see a Pacific Rim tie-in later, or maybe a Mecha Godzilla? I'm thinking we will. What do you think? I guess it depends on if the movie theater survives. Even though AMC did get uh, somehow raises some cash flow to keep afloat this year again, but uh, interesting. yeah, um, I don't know. I, I guess it de- it always depends on how it does. I mean, the last Godzilla movie kind of sucked, right? Fireman, I, I, I like liked it. it. It it was a little too big for its britches in what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an overall like monster feature, I thought it was I thought it was awesome. I think that's what people forget about the first Godzilla is like. There was a really cool story in there too of like humans and stuff, and so that's why it was like really surprising. And then two was like a little less the humans. There's like a weird plot by this like weird military group, but the Godzilla element of it was still really strong. The monster fighting was really strong, so I think this movie can really capitalize on that. Hopefully, yeah. It seems like Godzilla's turning on the humans a little bit, so they bring in Kong to wreck shop. But then you know they're gonna end up teaming up. You think Kong and Godzilla are going to team up against somebody else? Absolutely. Like who? I mean, where are all the other where are all the other That's monsters? That's a great question. Yeah, the ones that bow down and stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. We don't know. We I mean, Godzilla always not always in the original, but like his main thing is that you know, he fights for the world and he fights for humanity and we can rally around him. And then King Kong also has this weird like King Kong's the one that's different. He's always just like, I'm just a fucking monkey. I don't know what's going on. He's like <laughs> running around climbing buildings and shit. But, like, you know, you pit those two against each other, and you can imagine there will be some plot point in that we're not seeing where the two of them are fighting. It's Batman versus Superman, right? The two of them are fighting each other when something worse is going on. And maybe it is a Mecha Godzilla. Like, maybe they really throw something big in there, like humans created their own. Or maybe it's something that leads closer to more of a Pacific Rim type scenario. Who knows? It's crazy. <laughs> we'll see if uh, good old John Boyega. Will show up, make an appearance. Makes an appearance. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, originally their plan was to do Kong versus Godzilla, and the next movie in the, the line would be Kong versus Godzilla versus Pacific Rim, but I think that's fallen apart because Pacific Rim 2 was not a good movie. But you never know. It's still fun. to. I'd love to see those guys go head-to-head. Of course, yeah. Of course, it would be fun. It's always fun to see those beasts go at it. Uh, but speaking of franchises expanding, and who would have thought this would be an expanding franchise? Uh, Donnie Darko, apparently the director, yeah, the director Richard Kelly told Coming Soon, quote, well, I'm probably not allowed to say anything more than there has been an enormous amount of work completed. I'm hopeful that we might get to explore that world in a very big and exciting way, but we'll see what happens. But there's, has been a lot of work done. A lot of work has been done, is what he said. I also read that the studio was like, Tell that guy to shut up. <laughs> They're not happy. That guy to keep it down. Yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't have a good track record when you make your sequel like 10, 15 years later. I mean, we have we've seen only a few good sequels come more than yeah, ten ten years later. Can you name a, a good one? I can only think of one. I can think of one right off the top of my head. What's that? Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Interesting. Uh, Tron. What was Legacy. yours? Tron Legacy is good. We talk about that a lot. That movie yeah. doesn't get the credit it deserves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure if we wrote down, I'm sure people could comment even on this and be like, what about this one? What about this one, yeah. dumb dumb? We'd be like, oh yeah, you're right. 
I mean, Donnie Darko was a good movie. I know. I mean, it just it's weird as fuck, and pre, it's like this weird movie I remember watching in college. Yeah, it's it's one of those like you know it's it's exactly what you just said. One of those weird movies everybody has to at some point in their life watch to be like, oh, I understand how the blankety blank and what this is. So they like theorize all this shit about it, but it's pretty good. It's kind of you know young Gyllenhaal. Yeah, so that's teen, pretty teen, nice. a teen Gyllenhaal. Teen. Gyllenhaal. Stephen King movie with Jack Nicholson. The Shining, the Shining. and Doctor Sleep. Doctor yep. Sleep. Doctor Sleep wasn't bad. Not bad at all. Did a good job. But it was a good homage. Was, and it was told it its better? own story. No. Better sequels are even harder to characterize. Yeah, that is true. You're just, you're just hoping for something halfway decent. Yeah, I mean the you Terminators know? have struggled. Uh yeah. Once sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll get one. It'll be like, wow, look at what we did, folks. But that doesn't happen that often. Is it, does it make more sense to reboot it and then try and build off it? I feel like that. Oh boy, it depends on how you play it. Because like if we go back to Blade Runner twenty forty nine, it did both. It brought in characters, but the focus was on a new story in general. You know, another great example for that would be Fury Road. Fury Road is the best Mad Max movie, but it took you know twenty years between thunderdome and that one and it's a different actor but it's the character in a different story so you know who knows i don't know why these aren't doing very these never really do well i guess it's just because nobody asks for them and they just want money so nobody it, it gets made for them speaking of things that didn't get made or thinking of ips that need to be made or revamped or whatever chris tells about what's up next Oh boy, this one's a good one. Everyone's really gonna get a kick out of this, guys. It's about freaking Harry Potter, Harry Potter. the boy who lived. Harry Potter series. Um, so Harry Potter, a I should say, Harry Potter live action television series is in early development stages at HBO Max. So sources are saying to the Hollywood Reporter that executives at Warner Media back streamer have engaged in multiple conversations with potential writers exploring various ideas that would bring the beloved property to television. Sources say broad ideas have been discussed as part of the early stage exploratory meetings. Ooh, my. Have you heard anything? I'm, I feel like there's been whispers about this. Well, same with like I have, Game of I Thrones have heard and shit. nothing. Yeah. They didn't... <laughs> They didn't really do well with Fantastic Beasts, but they're going to try it for a series. But and I'm I sure. wonder if the show will be based on Cursed Child or if it'll be its own new story or what the, what they're doing, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely saying it's a Harry Potter live action TV series. So it's not a Her- the world of Harry Potter show. They keep saying very specifically it's Harry Potter series. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine none of those kids want to come back because they're not kids anymore. Oh, maybe they do. The paycheck's nice and fat. Yeah, I mean, if uh, apparently AT and T is just running wild over there. <laughs> Who knows what they're, they're going? They're going nuts. Who knows hammered. what they're up to? Yeah. Who knows what they're doing? Uh, but Chris, would you be excited to see the Harry Potter TV series? Uh, yeah, I would be. I'm. I'm interested. You know, there's been blowback in the last couple of years with you know the transgender stuff and J.K. Rowling, but the the world and the universe itself is still creative, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of stories to be told in it. And obviously, like you said before, Fantastic Beast doesn't do a great job. Um, it's kind of a little convoluted and messy. Uh, but I think that there's room to tell some really cool stories and to tap into some awesome characters and, and things like that. So I'm definitely, and it's it's one of those things where I didn't know I needed the Cursed Child until I read it, totally. and then I was like, yeah, I needed this, and I can't wait to see it in NYC when the world is normal. Um, 
I'm just I'm thinking about this right now off the top. Isn't this a is this a Universal property or is it is it Warner Brothers? It's Universal, but our that's a great point. Uh, it's a Warner Brothers media property that Universal Studio that Universal also owns. I think I think it's like co-owned. Or they just got the licensing to be in the park. Yeah, or something like that. Because you, when you buy it, it says you know it says Universal Studios, but it has the WB logo on it. Yeah, it says it's a Warner Brothers picture. Interesting. Anyway, uh, well, I'm I'm excited. I mean, those movies were good. It took me a minute to get into them, but they they got good towards the end there. I guess maybe when technology kind of swooped up real quick. Have you seen a movie lately with like CGI in it? That's at the time you're like, oh, it's great. This is cool. It looks so real. And then like you look back at mm-hmm. it now, you're like, what the fuck? And I thought, why did I think that looked so good? I know, I know. Or even back then, you like kind of knew, and now it's just so good with so many things we watch, right? That when you watch it, you're like, "Holy crap, that thing looks really real." And I remember then you look back, you're like, "Then I remember like 15 years ago, I was like, wow, that looks really real.'" And now you look at it and you're like, "Oh, that don't look real." Yeah, stuff like that don't look real. Like Wolverine, like I think it was a Wolverine or one of the X Men movies I was watching the other day. Um, what was it? It was a movie I watched recently, and I was like, "Man, I don't remember the CGI being this bad in it." I remember. Anyway, probably, probably you know, X Men One or something. Well, spe- he's doing the thing around the freaking Statue of Liberty's horn or whatever oh, crown. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, "That's not good." Oh man, they could barely move in those leather suits too. Yeah, like. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of franchises taking off or cooling down, however you want to take it, uh, Chris, the Jungle Cruise over in Disneyland yeah. is getting a, a revamp. Very cool. Yep. Very, very cool. Disney has seen fit to elevate the status of the iconic ride, as it is 65 years old, I believe. It's like one of the first rides. But they have a new film adaptation coming out. It was supposed to come out last year. Got pushed back by Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt are going to yes. be... The leaders of that movie. Will it be a franchise? Is Kevin Hart in it? <laughs> probably not. It might, might be. They'll probably get him in there. Um, the release of Jungle Cruise may have been delayed, obviously, because of Corona, but Disney isn't resting on its laurels. The delay has given the Mouse House a chance to prepare for the film's eventual release by tightening up some aspects in the uh, of the actual theme park ride that prevent it from being an, uh, inclusive as it could be. So they're kind of doing this... I mean, it, we'll get into a little bit of why, but um, Disney has a long has long yeah. Disney has long been known as a strong believer in the need for family friendly entertainment, and whether that comes via its films or its theme park attractions make no difference. Obviously, they're changing Splash Mountain for a couple different reasons. Absolutely, and they're falling in line. Same, I think, with this because there is some stuff about the indigenous people in the ride, even and the ride. I think probably being such a stand-up joke full ride absolutely yeah so, i mean there's get some stuff get change up the stuff it'll get a fresh look you know it's like like you already said it gets a new story and i think it'll just give a nice facelift to something that they probably just haven't been it hasn't been a priority because they haven't had time and now they're like well with all the stuff going on like let's update this we'll make it more um sensitive culturally sensitive and like make sure that we're not alienating anybody or being you know unintentionally or intentionally whichever way racist because of the things we still have in it like let's let's get this out of the way now yeah it seems like it's most of their old rides are have slowly become like 
slowly evolving, I guess you would say, which is, I mean, it's fine. It does not, it doesn't sound like it's going to change too much. That ride was like, what they're trying to do is make the ride more appealing because it's like a one of the last rides you ever do if you go to the park. Mm-hmm. If you're if you like never been there before, well, obviously for if you know about the ride and you're like, oh yeah, the Jungle Cruise is funny as fuck, but you don't know what you're gonna get as far as a host. But right. apparently some of the they're supposed to it's still supposed to have that comedic vibe with you know having the skipper. Or captain who rather. guides you through and tells you the fun little script. Yeah, there's a they'll have their options to tell jokes or whatever because sometimes they're different, sometimes they're the same. But uh, what do you think, Chris? Do you think do you think they're gonna put like Dwayne the Rock in it? Like he'll have an appearance. Like animatronic Dwayne. Yeah, like they did with uh, maybe Johnny he Depp. works. You know, the guy just works. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Especially if the movie does well, that'll help. Yeah. Um, but you know what? You can't put the Dwayne The Rock Johnson in yet, right? <laughs> what? That's Star Wars. There's no room for him yet, but there could be. Not That's not the story, people. I'm not breaking any news. Like, he's in Star Wars. No. Well, he could be. With I'm the, just transitioning to Star Wars. <laughs> Try, I'm trying real hard. Uh, he, he could be fun in there. Anyway, Star Wars hits <laughs> 19 milli. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 was available for free last weekend on the Epic Games Store leading to the game reaching the milestone of 19 million players. It's an particularly... This is a particularly impressive feat, considering that the game received its final content updates last April with the addition of the Battle of Scarif. In it, players are able to experience ground battles on Hoth, Tatooine, Yavin 4, Scarif, and the second Death Star. The update also added Scarif and Crate to the Heroes vs. Villains game mode and finally gave players the option to play co-op mode with AI companions. So, a fun game. Brad, you'll remember this, but this game got a ton of blowback. Basically started the loot box uh, battle, the yeah. pay-to-play type thing, um, where it was basically online gambling is what it got. this game got classified as, and that really set it back. And plus, the systems were broken. It was almost impossible to get like gold-tier loot. You could spend like 10 grand and not get one thing, and and then there was like legislation and the game's fun, but it's sort of like trying to be Call of Duty, but it doesn't really check all the boxes. So, but you make it free and people is going to play. Right. That's great. I mean, I haven't played this game myself, but I've been interested in playing it's it. Fun. But it's fun. Yeah. I also thought I read that like EA is giving up the rights for Star Wars. Is that right? Really? That makes sense. I thought I heard that. That could I could be making that up. What what do I know? But I thought I read that somewhere because like they haven't been able to put out a really solid game, right? No, I mean it's just hard. Games for them are tough, and they kind of undersell things, and they've also lost their edge. They had to fire like EA Montreal or something, and then and then you know it's just it's it's just been a mess for them for a while, and all that stuff with like the again the rigged game and having to put patches out and stuff like Mm -hmm. it's hard to be a game company out there when you you try and do these like kind of cool innovative things you think and then they end up being these like horrific catastrophes and you spent all your money and five years developing a game that everybody fucking hates like cyberpunk 77 yeah 2077 it's like oh cool man we probably shouldn't have teased that so good uh with this though um or at least with ea i mean i feel like ea is to just stick to their sports games i mean do they really have a strong catalog outside of that? <laughs> right. No. Stick to Madden. I mean, he has great games. I mean, but Madden sucks. No, but they don't do enough every year. 
EA's has a long track record, track record, but like you just brought up a great point though. Uh, the sports games have been going downhill. Basically, other than hockey, they just phone in every New Year's game, and people get pissed. Yeah, I mean, Two K is also facing that too. With like, they try to throw in these storylines now, which is fun for, but it's like limited. And my my, my biggest thing, I think I've said this a few times, when I was playing Two K. I was like, and you know, you go through the creative player and you kind of get to experience what it's like to be a professional athlete kind of Mm -hmm. and all the fun, but but I don't want to spend time working out (laughs) on the, in the game when I should be working out in real life, life. right? Like I'm spent, it's like, oh, you're out of turbo. So you have to go, go to the Gatorade workout facility and you need to do like hand. You'll never get any better. To do, it's like, yeah, shit. it's like run on the treadmill. And I'm like, what? And you have to like do it for like Ugh. a minute. And you're like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to. Go hit hit the hit the weights. Got to do get your bench press on like, just to get the and you like once you cross off three workouts, you get your turbo back for like another five games. It's it's that part of it is is ridiculous. Like there's no no reason for that. No. A hundred percent. Like it's not like you're you're getting your guy buffer, which you could just make him four hundred pounds or whatever, and just boom. Anyway, enough of the rants. Let's talk some Anthony Mackie movies, Dow. Oh yeah. First on the list, we're gonna talk outside the wire. Now this one look why did we pick why did we pick two anthony mackie movies is it his birthday or something no i did this on purpose i, I was I happy did, with it i think he's a great actor but i did this on purpose because there were there's like so many movies out with anthony mackie in it and i was like i was gonna oh, add the, we gotta start knocking some of these off i mean the, well, i recently found a little hole full of like a crap load of movies so i was like oh we should probably we haven't done that in a while so let's make a theme out of it we'll do the anthony mackie hour uh, <laughs> that's why I did it. It's the Anthony Mackie show. I mean, also, uh, he had Banker with Samuel Jackson, which is which we're not talking about today, but I thought that was really good. Don't even bring it up. <laughs> don't even bring Did you see it? Don't even, don't even talk about it. No, I didn't see it. I didn't even know it was a thing. It's on Apple. That's why you didn't know about Sick. it. Sick. Uh, but we're talking outside the wire right now, Chris. Um, this is on Netflix. So if you got that Netflix account for what, $12.99 still? Whatever. Twelve ninety nine, pretty good. Um, isn't it funny? Disney's like the cheapest one, and it's like killing it. Anyway, uh, outside the wire stars Anthony Mackie. I don't know AI. I don't not an AI, but like a cyborg type of character. He is. He's like the most advanced cybernetic yeah. warrior ever. And the year's twenty thirty six in this one. Yeah. Uh, this has a thirty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a 65% from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. But in the near future, a drone pilot is sent to a war zone, finds himself paired up with a top-secret android officer on a mission to stop a nuclear attack. Uh, Very vague of a thing, but if you've seen the trailers, you kind of see where the story is. This young uh, cadet goes through. He like kind of gets punished. And instead of like sending him home, they like send him to this camp. He's got to, mm-hmm. but it turns out he's like, yeah, because he yeah breaks rules and he's got to be like this android's bitch. Yeah, and he makes he basically he made what he made, and this is spoilers going forward. From you know how we do here, um, but he basically makes a decision 
at the beginning of the movie is one of those mo- movies like that has a callback at the end, right? Like, oh, that you didn't catch. Like, would you wouldn't have known watching the beginning? I mean, I guess you could have seen it coming. Maybe did you see it coming? Right. Did I see which part coming? Where he was, because uh, uh, it starts off. There's like this these soldiers under fire, and he's a drone yep, pilot, yep. and he's eating gummy mm-hmm. bears, like he's playing a video game, and he makes. Uh, he makes an executive decision that he doesn't have. Goes against orders. Yeah, he doesn't have permission to do, but he factored in the least amount of casualties. Yeah, kill two, save 38. Yeah. Obviously, that comes back later in play, which turns out... I'm just going to spoil this movie uh, right now. Yeah, we might as well just talk about this, uh, get ahead of it. Basically, so it's he gets... It's not that good. It's not. Uh, he gets recruited... <laughs> By Anthony Mackie, who turns out to be, which I thought he looked cool and like the concept was cool, but then I kind of was like, yeah, it was like a twist on a RoboCop. It was like a true cyborg where, like, you know, Anthony Mackie's head, but then he's kind of his body is like see through, and you can see all of his cybernetics in there. You know, he had some sort of trauma obviously happened. They put but him he back could, together, and, and he could feel pain. That which I thought was weird. Yeah, they made him so he could feel pain. They made him so he would be like human, perfect infiltration type thing. He's not very noticeable. He can kind of slip in and out of places. But then he's also just... It, there's a lot we're going to get to. Run the story, and then I'll talk about why I hate this movie. <laughs> All right, cool. Basically, uh, the cadet gets pulled in by Ma- uh, Anthony Mackey uh, because he's the type of person to make these kind of decisions, whatever. He uses them to get ahead to get these nuclear codes. It's the same tri- typical cybernetic AI learning story where... He finally just feels like humans are destroying the Earth, and the only way to prevent that destroying Earth is to kill all the humans, like nuke the entire planet. Yeah, you right. It's kind of they're trying to play this cloak and dagger thing the whole time. Like, okay, well maybe he's they try to throw a twist he's at a you, good guy, yeah. and then okay, well now he's being now he's manipulating the, the main character, but maybe that's so that he can do something good from behind the wire. And they're like, oh no, he was just bad with his own ideas of what to do. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't even what you think, you know, you think they're playing this idea of like, he's like, you know, oh, if he, you know, destroys New York City and then everyone else will rally around. That's not even what it is. He he just doesn't want there to be any more cyborgs. He just is like, yeah. he understands the program is like super, super deadly. Because once they start making people like him, then you basically have super soldiers. And so he's like, steals the warhead so he can blow up a city so that they'll cancel the android program and they won't even open it for a long, long time because they tried once and it made them crazy. Like, uh, come on. Yeah, it looks. It sounds like it. Or I mean, after watching it, it feels like whoever shot this idea up for a movie at the time was like, "Oh yeah, this is this sounds awesome." And then kind of like mm-hmm. when the end product came, and you were like, "Nailed it." Not <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean that was this whole movie's probably thing that it suffered from the most was that it just didn't, it didn't commit. Right. Like I'm fine if you don't give me all the details about why you know the U.S. is in this Ukrainian Russian civil war because I kind of can fill in those gaps on my own. And there's a super warlord who's making real trouble for everybody on both sides. Okay, and like I get that it's trying to be a commentary on how we integrate computers in, as, into weapons of war. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm gonna with that. But then the whole movie like. Anthony Mackie's this crazy, super advanced android, but doesn't ever really do anything that shows he uses his abilities. Like, right. he can fight a little better, and then, and it's also inconsistent. Sometimes he's a, mar- a, a, a freaking 
a marksman. He can steal a gun while juggling a guy and shoot people on a rooftop. And then other times he can't hit a target to save his life. He's not faster than the main character. He doesn't seem to be stronger. And then also there's this weird thing where it's like, sometimes it's like they forget in these, there'd be these long sprawling 20 minute scenes where they're like driving and talking and they're yeah. getting to a location. And it's just like, he's a normal guy. Like, it's not like they even did anything to show that maybe he was a little glitchy or that he had a hard time connecting with the humans. Like it basically was if this movie, the end is I know is a shitty movie. If you take out the fact that he's an Android, just eliminate that from the movie. Nothing about the movie's different. Right? No, I said, yeah, the, I, it drove me nuts the way some of these scenes were dragged out one, but two, yes, when it came down to it, like, when the other cadet kind of figures it out and he's like telling him like, I order you to stop. You're an a- Android. He's Bom- like, you took out my chips. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, well like, it's like everything that Anthony Mackie had asked his kid to do as a, it was like this weird twist on who was higher ranked, really but in charge. Yeah. yeah. Turns out like this cadet was, but he did everything Anthony Mackie told him to do, which then in turn was, released him from his fail safe device yeah, it was and, like he freed the genie yeah I, I, I don't know i don't know what that was about um but then it didn't matter because i keep going right. back to the same damn thing like if he had just been a really persuasive manipulative son of a bitch anthony mackie could have just got exactly what he wanted to fake his own death and go to his plan and the plan didn't have to be cancel the android program it could have just been a freaking like somebody who was just sort of like completely over the American military and the system. And so he did this whole thing as a fuck you. So that they would like shut down the war or they would, you know, something like that. But it's just like, so why is he an Android? Why is that important? Just so you could call this sci-fi, Not, I guess. I mean, yeah, but here's the other thing too. Again, another thing that solves the movie in five minutes, he's an Android with some, this computer advanced computer technology. Oh, why can't he just beautiful. hack into the system? Beautiful point. You want to, there end, were so many times you where wanna, he would it, do yes. something. And I'd be like, why can't you just do that? Like, there were no hints that he was any kind of... that. He, basically, they were like, Anthony Mackie, you're a super advanced android, but you have the same brain and personality, so you're basically just you. Like, there was no time where he, like, saw a code, was like, yeah, I can crack that, looks into a computer, and he's like, yeah, yeah and just hacks in. Like, they, could, they didn't lean hard enough in. You can't say he's the most advanced piece of technology we've ever created and he's a super computer super android and then not have him be able to do like simple math uh, not like, only that's that, ridiculous I mean, not only that but like you're talking about this super advanced computer system right and it's the right. future you mean to tell me that there's not some kind of bluetooth device inside of him where he could speak to every speaker ever in the world at yeah the same, you know they didn't I mean? give they really My didn't, phone they didn't really that. think it through yeah they yeah. didn't really think through uh, the you and in the movie, I'm not saying the, the writers of the film. I'm talking about if you're following the logic inside the universe that's created, yeah. then the scientists who built him the most advanced thing, where he's got like cybernetic wires that run and transfer, they weren't just like, oh yeah, and by the way, we should probably give him an ability to like talk to other computers. They're just like, nah, fuck it, he's fine. The, I mean, and the one of the s- weirdest things in the movie that I had to like rewind to make sure that I saw it correctly was the scene where. Also in this movie, which we've completely not talked about, is there's these other, like, droid soldiers. Oh, yeah, the gumps. Yeah, they're, they're basically just, gumps. like, yeah. you know, and, they're just the normal and soldier, they're ma- Android, or, or I guess they'd be droids, technically. Yeah, and they're made out to be, like, these dumb things that just shoot people. Like, I, which, again, why would you create something so that's supposed to be so smart and make them so stupid? 
another thing. Exactly. But these two soldiers are like fucking with this droid, and they're like punt, like using the gun to like hit him in the back of the head. And Anthony Mackie catches feelings all of a sudden. He's like, "Hey, how would you, you leave him alone? How would you like it if I bashed your fucking skull in with a gun?" And it's like, "What?" He, and he even like says something like, "Drone nine four fifty four." Carry on or something. And you're like, yeah. And then the thing like goes away. He's like, he's got a bad regulator, boss. He's like, shut up. I didn't ask you. He's like, I care about other androids because I'm one too, but nobody knows that except for me. Yeah, it was. It's like cool. Wow. This was very well played out. I really and I get it. I already touched on this, but I will say that if you if you strip down the commentary that it's trying to convey, I get on board with that. There were moments in watching it where I was like shit like this is what war will become it will become a drone game and it will become those dog bots and bipedal robot soldiers and then if us and another rich country like china or russia ever go to war with each other it's literally just going to be thousands of droids and and flightless ships are going to be thrown at each other like warfare is changing and it will continue to change unfortunately because we are so concerned with it that you're going to get to a point where, and I got that. I got that out of that. I was watching the movie. I said, wow, that, that is kind of shitty. But then the movie just sort of was just like, isn't that bad? Okay, let's go and blow stuff up. Yeah. Oh, you're on point with that, I, I got to say. But all in all, Chris, last trash for me. It's a trash for me. I mean, even the action sequences are to make me go, yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> trash on my end. Uh, missed on all kinds of marks. But Anthony Mackie, he got paid, so good on you. Uh, Chris, the next movie on this list, Synchronic. Um, I somehow missed this movie, which is surprising for me. But this is an 81% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and a 76% um, from the audience. I think this, mm-hmm. did this movie go into theaters or did it not? I'm going to guess that it did not. I should probably look that up. but I Because it's one of those things now where movies are... Theaters are open in certain places, but then they are closed. Other major markets like New York and um, Los Angeles. So who knows anymore what movie goes to? Right, it could have been the in theater. a few, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, apparently it was released in on October twenty third, twenty twenty, in the United States of America. We'll break it down for you real quick. When New Orleans paramedics and longtime best friends Steve and Dennis are called to a series of bizarre and gruesome accidents, they chalk up uh, chalk it up to a mysterious new drug found at the scene. But after Dennis Dennis's oldest daughter disappears, that's a weird. Bumble of mumble jumble of, of words. There. There, yeah. A lot of mumble of jumble. Here, we try this on you. <laughs> but after Dennis's oldest daughter disappears, Steve stumbles upon a terrifying truth wow. about the supposed psychedelic that will challenge everything that he knows about reality and then flow of time itself. This movie I knew nothing of really about. I think I saw the couple seconds of the trailer. I was like, mm, all right, I'm in. I was like, oh, Anthony Mackie's back at it again. Just Anthony Mackie's the in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Anthony Mackie's back in another one of these movies. You know, it looks okay. Maybe what is it? A horror movie? Is it? Is it? Uh, is it really sci-fi or yeah. is it some sort of weird twist? Is it going to be just like a boring like art film? I I felt the same when I watched the trailer and I was like, uh, 
Um, yeah, so I, I was definitely went into this one being like, okay, we'll see. Yeah, uh, it kind of starts off. It's dark. It's definitely dark. It's two different movies in one movie. If we're yeah, being honest, I thought I, that's how I felt too. I was exp- I, yeah. The first half and the second half of this film are like wildly different movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you what, just speaking from the fact that it's Anthony Mackie Day, um, what a tale of two films. Like, I'll get right out ahead of this and say, as bad as I thought Outside the Wire, almost forgot the name, was, mm-hmm. uh, that's how much I enjoyed Synchronic. I will say the same too. Like, and, yeah. Yeah. It may, like, for, I don't know if we just happened to watch that one and it was so bad that we watched this other one and we're like, oh yeah, this one's good. Yeah. Well, we should also just probably call out the fact between these now that we're transitioning to this one that the fact that Anthony Mackie is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, he I and, and I'll be to be honest, he, I did he's not great. like him for a long time. Yeah, really, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't cuz I he portrayed Tupac in that Biggie movie and I was like that guy was terrible as Tupac. And then and the like, first time I saw him I think was in the Adjustment Bureau and I was like that guy's going to be a star. And then when he came to the MCO I was like this guy on your left. This guy. On your left. He's a phenomenal actor, even, even in Outside the Wire. And that that's probably another one of my frustrations. I don't want to go back too far, but that's probably another one of my frustrations with Outside the Wire is that I thought Mackie could have carried the performance of a yeah. disillusioned super so, or like spy who wanted to turn on the U.S. government or just turn on the world. He didn't need to be an android because his performance was so good. And in this one, you get to see, again, a totally different type of character, mm-hmm. um, but just more of a real down-to-earth guy trying to f- figure some shit out. But he just crushed it. He cr- he did so good. Yeah. No, I, I really en- I actually enjoyed this movie. Uh, it's very weird, and it's the synthetic drug. Trippy. That it's, it's almost like a concept that you would never think to be, <laughs> like... Uh, the same story because it does kind of yeah, start off yeah. as like this drug trip movie and you're like whoa but then there's it, it almost feels like a horror suspense movie where these two paramedic two paramedic best friends are going around new orleans mm-hmm. on calls to scenes where weird shit's happening some this guy has a sword wound through his chest and they're all related to people ODing. so yeah guy with a sword wound through his chest and then there's like another dude that threw himself down a of elevator shaft and there's a, a woman who has a snake bite yeah. from a snake that hasn't been in new orleans in like 50 years yeah and then so it's like, like these weird things and, the, yeah the and and everyone's always like the one dead guy's got a coin yeah. that got stabbed and the, there was a, a burned body in the middle of a parking lot and it's holding a doorknob and like he's trying to figure out what's going on but then at the same time that's where the, the i think the first half is is different and it's like there's that happening, and then also Anthony Mackie is feeling sick, and you find out that he has, you know, he's having this brain tumor that is in the center of his center top of his head. That's a really abnormal type of we don't need to go down that road, but it's an abnormal type of tumor. So there's this weird feeling where it's like, okay, there's people dying in New Orleans, and then there's this guy who's dealing with his own mortality. Yeah, which I thought. And the, so you're like, okay. The also un, the fact that it takes place in New Orleans is also like a genius low like under the radar kind of thing because really cool because new orleans is such full of like mystery and mm-hmm. voodoo and mystery spooky the history yes, is really yes. rich so if you are going to mess around with some some time elements it's gonna it's gonna really you, you have a rich tapestry to pull from yeah um but the other thing that i thought was really interesting is going back to his his sickness it turns out like his there's like a thing in your brain that uh, what's it called? Uh, calluses over time as you grow, 
but yeah, your middle of your brain that perceives how time works, it, you know, kind of gets a little callousing cover on it as you go through, as you live your life. But younger teens and adults, if they have a softer part of the brain, I, I can't remember what it's called. It's not lipoma, but it's like a, you know, whatever. Yeah, not a do- Dr. Pop- Pimple Popper thing. Not a doctor, not a lipoma. Yeah. <laughs> but so for some reason, his can't, like his isn't, doesn't callous over or whatever. And so he's still got a young one, which is why the drug seems to work on him. Cause he tried, he just, he kind of just like, fuck it. I guess I got to try everything here. He's like, there's also this weird mystery about who's stealing drugs from the emergency or the paramedics or whatever. They're- yeah, because he's been self-medicating his headaches with like oxy and morphine. Yeah. And so there's like a thing there. So like the first half of that movie, you're like, okay, so this movie like kind of a Nurse Jackie scenario. It's him and his buddy going around like seeing these weird medical anomalies in new orleans and then and then he's obviously has a drug problem but he's dealing with it because of his tumor and then the movie really at the halfway mark just says fuck you we're going this way now <laughs> yeah and then all of a sudden it's about, which is genius it turns into this movie about like time travel by taking this drug big time which yeah it turns out that synchronic this is cool like i actually and it's what you said earlier Brad. you nailed on the head like something that who thought of this because it's weird but it also makes sense the idea that like this designer drug that's very limited supply only in New Orleans. Yeah. Like if you take it, it's almost like it's supposed to be like ayahuasca. They were trying to make a designer version of ayahuasca, right? So that you would have like a, a trip inside your brain where you could go back to old memories and it would it would dilate the part of your brain that helps you like how you perceive time. time. Right. So when you take ayahuasca, the whole concept is that you can see time forward and backward and you can kind of be in your own brain, right? Well, this drug was supposed to do that, but the chemist who invented it, who you meet in the movie for a little bit, uh, he they he's basically saying we accidentally invented a time travel device. When you take the pill, if you're young, if you're old, you just have these trippy hallucinations and fucking die basically. <laughs> but if you're young, because you have that malformed part of your or the part of your brain that hasn't fully like solidified, it basically opens you up to time where wherever and this is where it goes down a rabbit hole. Basically, when you take the pill, yeah, this is where it gets weird. Wherever you time is constant. So the guy does a record analogy, but the idea is that time is always in front of us, behind us and happening right now, the way it always will be. So you are basically transported to a random point in time in whatever position you're standing. So if I'm right now sitting in my office chair in in Boise, Idaho, in my office and I take synchronic, there's a possibility that I will be teleported time travel based my body kind of dissipates and disappears and goes that time to any random date in the past. It could be a million years ago. It could be 10 days ago. It could be 400 years ago, but I would be in the same exact spot that I left because that's how it works. And each spot, if I'm sitting in my chair, but I stand up, walk across the room and take another synchronic area, I might end up somebody some in a different time in a different place but in the same sitting in the same or standing in the same spot. So it's kind of interesting how basically the pill makes you fall through the layers of time. And then in order to get, you only have seven minutes. So you only have seven minutes in that time and you have to get back to where you basically teleported or transported in from. And that's how you get back to your time. Yeah. It's a real trippy idea that works really cool because of how they execute it. Yes. And so the Anthony Mackie's friend, Dennis his I guess you said his daughter disappears and she's kind of disappears. They kind of make her out to be this like goth, like a goth girl, but she's not. Yeah, she doesn't really know what she wants like to do with her life. Like dep- she seems happy, yeah. but like they think she's depressed yeah. for some reason. 
she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. She sort of doesn't have direction, and she's going off to college, and she's like, ugh, whatever. Basically, and then she disappears. Yeah, she t- so it turns out she took the pill and then didn't and like vanished from that, and she missed the seven minute mark. She missed her seven. So imagine if she took the pill, disappeared from where she was sitting. She didn't get back to that same spot in time when her seven minutes was up. So she's just stuck back in time wherever she right. is. Right. And so Anthony Mackie, and and he doesn't know this at this point. No. Yeah. But he he goes in this rage, and he like tries to he buys up all the synchronic. Yeah, he the knows people at this point. Yeah. All he knows is that people are dying. So he buys up the last of the synchronic, which is like twelve pills, and then. That's when we get to meet the cool chemist guy who basically breaks into his house and is like, I need to steal that medicine from, or that synchronic and destroy it because it's dangerous. And Mackie's like, yeah, I know it's dangerous. Get out of my apartment. And then he takes it. <laughs> and then he sits down and he basically says like, and at this point, again, he's only know they, where the girl disappeared, his friend Dennis's daughter, where she vanished from, there's an open pack of synchronic. So he's like, you know, he's dying. He's got six weeks to live. And he just pops one and starts drinking alcohol to see what happens. He's sitting on his couch and sure as shit, he freaking teleports or just sort of dissipates. All of a sudden, he's in a swamp mm-hmm. in Louisiana. Louisiana swamp, exactly where his chair will be a thousand years later. Yeah, and he, but at he this point, the tree. The, or, yeah, he's like the tree that's outside his window. Yeah. He's like there, and then he's but he's knee deep in a swamp. And then alligators come out of him. And a Spanish conquistador sees him, thinks he's a ghost, and tries to kill him yeah. just in time for the seven minutes to run out. And he teleports back, and then that's where the movie shifts. I think that's a real great transition point in the movie because. He stops looking at somebody like he's obviously freaked out a little, but he starts doing science experiments like he's like tracking with a video camera and like yeah. all those science movies we've seen before. Brad, we're like, why the fuck would you not record that to show people? Like, why would you not try and figure out what's going on? They just like blindly run in. Instead, he's like he runs experiments. He talks to the camera. He films himself disappearing. He takes which his you can dog. Actually, see. He takes his dog to see if he can if he even can find the daughter, if he can bring, bring the daughter yeah. back with him. He's like doing. He's got a whiteboard where he writes the rules of time travel with synchronic. Like it's very clever that he uses, you know, eight of his twelve pills to basically figure out how this works specifically where everybody else has been dying. Where a lady was in the swamp and she let a fucking snake bite her, or where a guy when he took his he was in uh, a desert maybe before the dinosaurs or something and he freaking fell and died. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy, crazy things that happen to some of these people, these kids rather. But then, he, you know, Anthony Mackie kind of figures it out, and he ha- tries to tell his friend he's going to find his daughter. Again, great scene. Jamie Doran, I think that we don't, you know, he's Fifty Shades of Grey actor. I don't think we really got to see him stretch his wings. I think he did a good job being kind of an every everyday Joe in this, but I think that was a really strong moment when Anthony Mackie's running low on pills. He thinks he knows about where she is but he can't really figure out exactly so he goes to the he goes to her dad but he says hey i'm a time traveler i'm number one he says i'm dying then he says i'm a time traveler and i can save your daughter and then show proceeds to show jamie Doran the video dennis and and i love that scene so much where dennis is watching the video as his friend disappears and comes back from when he was in the ice age covered in snow and he basically is like his hands start to shake and he closes the camera and there's this weird thing where he's like you can tell he's not believing it, but also he's like, I don't have any other options other than to believe right. this. If you can get my daughter back, like this is the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. But if it works, I need you to help me. The funny, which is really cool. The funny thing too, that I I love this, and I'm in the middle of the movie. It seems like a throwaway line, but he's like, man, the past fucking sucks. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, he comes back to the bar because every time he goes back in time, he gets attacked. Like he gets attacked by freaking these Creole like witch doctors yeah. who are having a bonfire. He gets attacked. He goes back to the twenties and he gets run down by a bunch of white racists. Like he goes to the Ice Age and almost freezes to death. And then he ends up meeting a, a you know an Ice Age Neanderthal <laughs> who initially tries to kill him, but then they just sit and have a fire together. Like no matter where he goes in time, he's like every time before this was shitty. Yeah. And then I love that. I love that. And so the climax of this movie, he's got one pill left, Mm -hmm. and he he goes back. And I didn't really. He figures out like a rock that they would go to, and I didn't realize though. Then he goes back. I didn't realize though that she would need the pill to come back. That I thought was weird. Neither. Neither did I. I almost thought that because he had two pills. He takes a pill and sits on the rock right. with her dad, and then he disappears, which is really cool. And he wakes up in uh, civil, in the middle of a civil war battle right. at night in Louisiana, obviously. And he runs into yeah, that then guy. He, he, yeah, he gets he gets freaking hit in the leg by some shrapnel, so he freaking jumps into yeah. a pit of dead bodies and crawls away until he finds the girl. And then yeah, he hands her that pill. He says, "Here's the last thing, Croc." He's like, "You're gonna need this." And I was like, are they setting up the idea that she'll have another pill once she gets back? Because I was under the impression that as long as he was holding her, they could both get back. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But it does maybe he did that as like, I don't know, like a just in case. Cause he wasn't able yeah. to bring the dog back because he when he, but he did have the dog on the leash. He was holding the dog on the leash, but the leash came back with him, but because he wasn't physically holding right. the dog, the dog couldn't come back. Or maybe he was just playing it safe, like, take this pill so you can go back. Because also, I love that part of the movie, you know? It's, oh, I, I guess it's like the opposite, so, right? I, like, if she takes yeah, it, so then she gets you it. missed your window, so if you go stand in that spot and take it, it'll take you back. Yeah, but I guess you wouldn't really so, know that. It, it didn't really describe that to us. I really loved, I was going to say, I really loved that he struggled pretty heavily with losing his dog. Like, there, it wasn't just like, I lost the dog. Yeah. Oh well. He was like really shooken up about it and sad like multiple times. I was like, yeah, damn right you were. That's how people are about their dogs. They're sad. Yeah. <laughs> when they die or you lose them in time. I'm sure the dog was fine. It probably found a new owner. Uh, but didn't the what? The, who was they were chasing like by the witch doctor people, right? Like so, I think. Didn't... No, that's when they were chased by the white people because oh. he was in that guy's house, and then he the dog was like outside or tried to get to the front door, so he would have disappeared. But the guy from that house probably kept the dog, so the dog's fine. <laughs> maybe uh, or they ate him who knows it's a weird time pass sucked uh but so he ends up and it comes full circle because he he ends up trying to buy time so because they get uh so she can get through and then th- it comes across this crazy old white guy that's in the war yeah, one of the southern one of those southern soldiers who kind of comes through he's the like middle you're of my slave and... <laughs> he's like yeah yeah i'm yeah. a slave which <laughs> yeah, he has to be like yes i am because he's trying to buy time right. so that she can teleport out yeah so she finally does and he kind of misses the mark and is stuck in one of the worst times <laughs> in america ever yeah imaginable yeah especially for Did, him i i will say this i love the movie i didn't love the ending for that reason um I thought that they, I thought that, I just didn't think that's how it would, should have gone. Like, I get the idea that it's tragic. He goes back and saves his daughter, but he has to stay behind. And he only has a few weeks left to live, so he's going to die or whatever. But I thought, I kept thinking to myself, like, he didn't need to advance on the guy. He could have stayed on the rock and just tried to buy time by talking to him, especially since he's with a white woman. Like, they could have held on to the rock. They only needed to stay there for about another minute. 
Like, yeah. they could have gone back together. Uh, the, handing off the one synchronic, if that's if she had to take that to get back, uh, that's fine. But he still could have grabbed the anchor thing yeah. and gone back. And then he gets to be with his f- friends and family, but there's no more synchronic, and he faces death, and maybe all they all come together, and they're with him at the hospital. Like, I felt like this movie could have had a happy ending, and I would have been okay with it. It didn't need to have sort of a morose ending yeah, or, I know you're or just a bummer ending. Because I was like, oh, the daughter got back and the family's going to get healed and the, the husband's going to try. But, like, you could have just taken it and it still would have been just as good a movie that you didn't need the sacrifice. Yeah, no, totally. I agree with that. But all in all, I did enjoy this film. I'm going to give it a splash. I think it's, Me too. I think it's beautiful, too. It's an, beautifully shot. It's an, a movie under your radar. So definitely check it out. Um, I think you yeah. can rent it or... Uh, video on demand or whatever it is these kids are doing these days um but yeah definitely check it out i think it's definitely worth a watch and it's very weird very twisted on time um excuse me but let us know when you take a look or even let us know what movies you're watching maybe you found one on the radar that we haven't seen and we'll watch it we'll talk about it and then kick you some facts about it um oh yeah also stick around watch that wandavision because it's getting spicy Yeah, dude, we're getting there. (laughs) So, we will be back next week, Chris. I think I wrote this on the schedule, and I'm going to say it. uh, Let me open up the schedule. Because I think next week is more movies. Oh, yeah. Might not have heard about. Oh, yes. We're talking uh, Arch Enemy, Shadow in the Cloud, and Promising Young Woman. These oh, cool. are some wild movies. I can't wait to talk about these. Real crazy stuff. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, so we'll get into that next week. And always, we'll talk about Vision on the next episode. But I'm your host, Bradley Bax, with my man, Chris Bucky Watts. Hit us up. We'll be out to your baby. G-Splash podcast on Instagram and gsplashbc at gmail.com. We out of here, baby. Peace. Oh, yeah.